0: We're glad you're here with us this morning. This is Lighthouse Fellowship, and uh, we're here going to share the Word of God. And we're glad that you've shared your lives with us. I just want to encourage you. Something God has put on my heart this morning, and that is, is that if you have particular prayer needs, where well, you can reach us through uh, the message, ver- the comments there on the message through YouTube and Facebook, and then you can go to our website. If you have questions, we invite those questions. And uh, we ask that you would just send those in and we will make a a, a diligent effort to get back with you. We're learning about this new technology and so forth, but you're important to us. So send those messages in. Then also any of the donations you'd like to give towards, uh, you can go to the website and there's a way of doing that for our food pantry and also for the ministry here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We are glad that you have joined us. We are discovering that people from all over the world are connecting with this uh, live streaming and, and all, and we're glad of that. We have friends all over the world. We have friends in Quito, Ecuador, who are watching our, our live streamings, and so we want to welcome y'all. Y'all are part of our family. In fact, in the family of God, we're all family. Amen? We are family, and we're glad you are joined us. But I pray today's message will truly touch you and uh, encourage you, it encourages me, and you always say, well Jim, you're the one that brings it, and so forth, you need to be encouraged, and I do, but I believe the word of God is so powerful that even when those who speak the word of God, that something happens, our lives are changed, and I just believe your lives are going to be changed today for the better, because of the living word of God, and I do believe God will speak to you today We need a word from him. We're going through some really changes in our lives, our routines and so forth. And I just believe God's word is going to touch you today and change your life. And so we will uh, share this word just a moment. I want to encourage you to continue to pray. Pray for people all over the world who are experiencing this coronavirus. We pray for protection. We pray that God would protect us. And I want to just say, and and y'all know this, according to the word of God, Jesus is our only protection. Our ultimate protection comes from Him. We can put our mask on. We can socially distance. We can wash our hands till we're blue in the face. But Jesus Christ is our ultimate protection. And so pray to Him. Run to Him. His arms are always open wide. And He wants to receive us. And so I encourage you, to run to Jesus and continue to cry out to Him, whatever your particular issue is, no matter what it is, healing, deliverance, or salvation. Many of you maybe today have never really given your hearts to Jesus Christ. And today may be the day that you uh, surrender your heart to Christ, that you ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you, and be your personal Lord and Savior. And then, in that relationship with God, which Christianity is, foundationally, a relationship with God Almighty. No other religions has this. Basically, they just are based upon how many good works you can do and whether or not you can go to heaven. Uh, Christianity is certainly founded on, obviously, Jesus Christ, him uh, crucified and buried and resurrected from the grave. He lives and uh, our relationship with God has been made available to each one of us as we trust in Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, anybody that is listening to this message today. I also believe that Jesus is the answer to whatever issue you are facing today. It doesn't make any difference. You know, many of us have walked in bondage and uh, the things that the world has entrapped us in. and Maybe you've come to Christ, and then later on you find that these old habits and all addictions are still there, and they're not broken. I believe that God sent Jesus. Jesus said he's come to set the captive for this his message, message today. I, I, believe, I also believe that Jesus is the answer to whatever, whatever issue you are, are I believe that we are seeing deliverance take place in a powerful way. And so I want to encourage you today to ask God to come into your life, deliver you, and set you free. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. We thank you for the privilege of coming before your throne of grace and asking for grace and mercy in our time of need. What an awesome God you are. You're a father to us. Abba, Father, Daddy God. And we run to you today. And We ask you, Father, today, in this time of live streaming, On the website, Facebook, and YouTube, dear Lord, that you would, Lord, speak to people's hearts all over this nation and around the world who will be watching this, listening to this, and listening to the many messages and worship services throughout the world today. And we ask you, Father, to come and touch and enter into the realm, dear God, with each and every person, because you are there with them and you want to reveal yourself. Strong and mighty is our God. And we ask you today, Father, that you would speak and you would touch them and set the captive free. We want to say we love you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for your presence in our lives. We thank you. You have not abandoned us. You have not, Lord, walked away from us. You are with us. And you will see us through this time of this coronavirus. And whatever other the issue is, you are the answer, dear God. And we run into your arms, we pray. And so Holy Spirit of God, we welcome you here today to manifest your presence in our midst here in this church, but also, Father, in the homes and the the places that people are watching this live streaming. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and manifest your presence in our midst. We pray that and we ask you, Holy Spirit, today to come and, and reveal Jesus Christ, reveal Jesus to every heart today. We know he's the answer. And he's the one we love. He's the one we know that laid his life down, who did not have to lay his life down. He laid his life down voluntarily that we may be able to stand before you today in complete freedom. And thank you, Father, today for your love through Jesus Christ. Now speak and let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth in power. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our message today is our desire for personal peace. Everybody here, we need personal peace, don't we? And the scripture is taken from Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. It's one of my favorites. Certainly the whole word of God, a whole counsel of the word of God is there, but it's Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. And we'll look at this. So, at the NIV says it real well, too. You can read any version, certainly. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. That word steadfast in other uh, translations is is your, your mind is stayed upon you. In other words, it's fixed upon him. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord is the rock eternal. Real short but it is packed full of powerful uh, power. Power, I would say, certainly, as uh, we read the Word of God here. But, you know, certainly, if I took a poll to identify what people wanted most out of life, many of you would say, well, you know, I I want prosperity, I want uh, uh, health, I want to be able to have uh, uh, a a secure job, I want to have security in my life for whenever that time, you know, throughout my lifetime and so forth. Um, But I believe that really, if we would stop and reflect on it, is that the one, if we would say, this is what I really want is, and I believe it would be, everybody would come to a a consensus and say, I have a desire for personal peace. I want to be at peace. How many times have you had things thrown at you that happened and uh, there was fear that rose up in your heart? But I believe really the foundation is our personal desire for peace. And that is because our life is turbulent. And so uh, obviously you can put everything in place. You can work real hard. You can have a good savings account. You can have all these things in place and you're striving for that personal peace. But then does it always work? Doesn't always work. Because the weight is too heavy. It's because also circumstances are unpredictable. You do not know what's going to happen. And we've seen that happening here, not just in the United States, but all around the world. Something that coronavirus came out of the clear blue, so to speak, and it surprised us, and people thought it might be, uh, it would start uh, ramping up, but we really didn't know it would be as bad as what it is, and it came out of the clear blue. And so even with our best efforts, they're limited they're limited and for a an ex- limited extent and for a limited time. And so inevitably, no matter what you and I do in preparation for to get this and gain this peace here, is there's going to be something to break through. Something is going to happen. Maybe a sudden illness there. Uh, or maybe you Uh, had a fire, or maybe uh, an emotional breakdown, God forbid, but if you had something happen out of the clear blue here, maybe it was a deterioration in a relationship that you thought you were secure in, no matter what it was, maybe whatever it was, it may be uh, threats to our national peace, it may be uh, obviously the dangerous and unpredictable weather that we have, and we may have in the terrorist attacks, or whatever it may be, something is going to Breakthrough. And so, no matter what you and I do in trying to uh, secure ourselves and to uh, be secure and, and, and so forth, is that something's going to break through. Something will happen because we can't control it. This man, Henry David Thoreau, he wrote this. Listen to it. The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. What is called resignation is confirmed desperation. From the desperate city, you go into the desperate country. A stereotyped but unconscious despair is concealed even under what are called the gains and amusements of mankind. He says, a quiet desperation. Maybe sometimes that's the way we feel, isn't it? It's like a quiet desperation. We're not quite there in the panic zone but we're right there teetering right on the edge in that quiet desperation because of the things that are happening around us that are chaotic and tumult and all these things that are happening around us. And we have no control at all. And it seems to me that when one thing happens, when it rains, it pours, doesn't it? And so we have no control of these things. We've seen earthquakes. Uh, We saw the Hurricane Harvey that came through Houston. Uh, I remember on Sunday evening, uh, there as I watched <laughs> from, my, uh, from my backyard a drainage ditch that began to fill up and began to uh, become stagnant, didn't move anymore. I remember watching it, and I told Cindy, as the rain continued to just plummet uh, the city of Houston, I told her, I said, we're going to flood. We need to get out, and we did, and we left the city, and all, and we did flood, and, and so we came out of nowhere. It just happened. All of us are aware of that, and so it was something that I couldn't control, And I'll tell you through all of this, I believe in some of the things that people experience today, and certainly people that go to war, is we have, we see the results there are PTSD. We see people who who live in desperate, a quiet desperation, believing they're right there teetering because of the uncertainty of life. And they've tried so hard to brace up under this and try to control their circumstances and keep things in line as much as they can. And they realize. They can't do it. It's too heavy. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't try. I'm not saying that we're not trying to make sure and diet and exercise and take care of our health and all those types of things. But there's no guarantee for real peace, folks. There's peace there that God gives us beyond what we understand. And this scripture speaks of that so very, very eloquently. Remember the, uh, the life of Job, Everybody kind of refers to Job when they're having rough times. And remember, Job was a wealthy man. He had children and he prospered and so forth. He had a lot of livestock and maybe his wealth was made off of his livestock and so forth. And then all of a sudden, Job lost it all. Remember what happened to him? family, he lost his family, he lost his wealth and so forth. And here's what Job said in Job chapter 3, verses 25 and 26. He says, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Have you ever felt like that? Never have any peace, have no rest. I feel only turmoil here. And you see, I want to just make sure and make this, this declaration today according to the Word of God is that, that God's will for us is to have peace. You believe that? God's will for us is to have peace. Listen to Psalm 29, verse 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And then in Psalm 85, verse 8, I will listen to what God, the Lord, who will say, he promises peace to his people, his saints. And so he promises us peace here, but here and in the Bible, I looked it up and and I believe in the King James Version, actually 62 times it says, fear not. We know one of the things it says consistently through scripture is do not be afraid. Fear not, be at peace. This is, this is something that God has spoken and certainly we know that we can have that we'll share as we go through this here. And so why is it, as I look at people's lives, why is it that people don't have peace? People all around us, They don't have peace. And I'm talking about not just those people who are not Christians. I'm talking about people who are Christians. Why is it that people do not have peace today? Why don't they have that lasting and genuine peace here? And uh, through the good times and the bad times, certainly here, they don't have that peace of God. Well, Well, I want to explore it today. I want to look at it. And I believe by the end of this message that you're going to learn something from it that you can apply to your life. And I believe it's the working of God's Spirit because if it's God's will that we not obviously be afraid and it's God's will that we would have peace, then He said it and I believe it, don't you? I believe that's exactly what He says here. And so I believe certainly in general that people fail to find lasting peace is because they're looking for it in all the wrong places. They're looking for it in all the wrong places here. And, and when they look at that, the first thing when I, I said at the beginning, it just isn't possible we don't have the ability to control all of our circumstances. I was watching the Today Show the other morning, and there was a doctor on there who had been on the Today Show, and he's a doctor in uh, infectious diseases, And he was in his hospital bed, and he had contracted the COVID-19 virus. And they were interviewing him, and they said, well, where did you get this virus from? And he said, well, he said, I was on an airplane coming from somewhere going to New Orleans. New Orleans. And he said, I had my gloves on. I had my mask on and all. And I had my disinfectant wipes. And I was wiping down everything. And he said, the only way I think I could have gotten it is through my eyes. And I went, oh, my goodness. Then if that's the case, we're all in trouble, aren't we? We're doing all we can. And here, a doctor who is familiar with this, and doctors know how to wash their hands, trust me. They know, because they taught me when I was working in the medical community. They know how to wash their hands and all. And so if he got it and so forth, right out of the clear blue, he had done everything that he possibly could. He had to try to control all of his circumstances to keep from contracting this virus. But in spite of all that, he still contracted his virus, that virus and all. And so you want to say here today, no matter who you are, some of the riches as well as some of the poorest that, you know, they can't control their situation. It doesn't make any difference how much money you have. It doesn't make any difference how no matter what. And, and if we can get it through our eyes, then obviously we can walk out into the air and it can hit us and we can get it and so forth. We don't have control. And so people look in the wrong places, don't they? They, They've they've got their minds set upon the wrong place to have peace they're look actually at outward circumstances that they can't control certainly but you see the other issue is here is the peace is built upon the wrong foundation here it's built on the shifting sands of circumstance and it cannot last only it can be only thing that can give you peace is grounded in a relationship with Jesus Christ our lord amen that's the only thing that can give us that peace that is lasting. You know, that old hymn that says, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ the solid rock I stand. And so we see there. The other issue is here it's a flaw in that thinking. It's because we think that peace comes from our external circumstances. And we've established that you can't control your, your outward circumstances. Peace is internal. Jesus says, peace I leave with you, but not as the world knows. His peace is inward peace. Jesus is our peace. He says that. And in Psalm 27, it says, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling he will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. And in John 16, Jesus said, I told you these things so that in me you'll have peace and in this world you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Your circumstances you can't control. How may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Now may the Lord. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, the wrong foundation many times built upon a relationship. It's a matter of the heart's inward. And so the first principle here I want to uh, talk to you about, mention, is that put your trust in God. The first principle, put your trust in God here. When we put our trust in uh, our retirement accounts, when we put our trust in the government, when I put, put our trust upon those things around us that we think we can control, that we've got our trust in the wrong place. We're looking in all the wrong place here. We have confidence in things, and things shift. It's like sinking sand, like that old hymn. They're like sinking sand here, obviously. Our ultimate reliance has to be upon God Himself. Put our trust in God. Our attitude has to be, even if everyone and everything else fails us, God will never Faileth because he's in control. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that gives me great peace. No matter what happens with this, because they're saying today, the doomsday prophets, so to speak, in that as a science is saying, oh, it's going to get worse in the fall. It's going to be bad, you know. It's going to look like this. And and they show that graph. And I've got to really study that graph to understand it. I know our engineers can understand it. I can't. I look at it and it's going up. And they're, they're showing and plastering that graph on TV all day long. Here we go. It's going up. It's going up. And all these things. If I looked at all these circumstances around me, I would be in turmoil. I would be in a state of quiet desperation, wouldn't I? Just like. Henry, Henry David Thoreau. You see, I didn't mention, but that man wrote that particular caption 150 years ago. That quiet desperation. So what does that mean? It means it's always been changing circumstances. There are always problems. We'll have trouble. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Look to me. He is the answer. In Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know, horses in the Bible, I believe, are a, a symbol of, of strength. They're strong. And 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 the chariots there, you know, they were built tough because they were built to go into war and to battle and so forth. And the terrain like that, they didn't have uh, Interstate 45. They had a rough terrain, didn't they? And so they had to go over these things and it had to be built solid. But you see... Israel didn't place their trust in, in horses or chariots because horses can become lame. There is a weakness in a horse even with its strength. A chariot can have a cracked wheel in one way or another. They didn't put their trust in these things even as strong as they could look. And the same way with us, even when our maybe our bank account looks sound and everything looks like it's going good and you've got retirement coming in, we don't put our trust in those things. Our government can collapse at any moment, God forbid. And any of these things can happen because we don't put our trust in those things. We put our trust in the Lord here. In uh, Isaiah chapter 31, it says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots and in their great strength of their horsemen. But do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. Woe to him, them! He says, good eye, in Egypt is always symbolic of the flesh. Woe to them who depend upon the flesh of something I can do by making my circumstances better that then I'll have peace. That peace is always elusive for those people that try to put it in the circumstances and instead of putting their trust in God. And today you say, but Jim, I know that. I know to put my trust in God. But the question is, are you doing it? Are you doing it? I want to examine that even today. God has spoken to my heart about this. You know, in Psalm 118, it says, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes or presidents or, or pastors or husbands or wives. It's better to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in God, the first principle. The second principle here is equally important, and that is, obviously, confess your sin. Confess your sin. Oh, my goodness. The Bible talks about it, and you say, yeah, Jim, I'm a Christian. I came to the Lord by confessing my sin to the Lord. I came and repented. I realized I was a sinner, and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life and forgive me and be my personal Lord and Savior. I realize that. But let me tell you today, you sin beyond that. You know, that wasn't the end thing, okay? As we go through life, we sin, don't we? And we have trouble. We we don't do it, but we don't confess. You remember, I remember when the altar at a church used to be filled with people coming down and getting down on their knees and crying out to God for forgiveness and repenting of their sins. And I'm talking about these were Christians. These were people that were Christians that allowed things to come in their lives and 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 to get a hold of them and, and they haven't confessed it. Why? Why is that? That we're not seeing the confession of sin more than what we used to in that. I believe it's because we've become self-righteous. We believe that we can kind of go through this and 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 kind of uh, like maybe work our way out of it or so forth. And maybe we've just forgotten about it. Maybe we haven't gone before the Lord and asked Him to confess. To search our hearts and try us and see if there's any offensive way within us and lead us into the way everlasting as the word of God says. Maybe we haven't set before the Lord and said, Lord, turn the spotlight of your Holy Spirit on my heart. If there's any offensive way within me, then let me re- confess it to you and repent it and repent of it. That's why we moved on because we've gotten too busy. We say the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And He says if we say we don't have sin, then we make God out to be a liar. Because we do. We say things we shouldn't say. We we treat people the way we shouldn't treat them. We have thoughts that come in every day. We have attitudes that are not right and align with God's Word. We say words, we think things, and all this other stuff that's going on. Our motives may not even be pure in what we're doing. We go before the Lord. We're not condemned. Remember that. And the reason why people don't go is because they believe somehow that God is going to whack them with His spiritual stick from heaven. And we talked about it over the last three weeks about amazing grace, that it's unmerited. You can't earn it, and I can't, and it's unlimited. It's grace. And if you and I understood amazing grace, like I believe God wants to, to work in our hearts, then we would confess our sins. Why? It's because we'd realize then is it doesn't change our relationship with God Almighty, actually it opens it up even more, that God does not condemn us, that it's all grace from the beginning to the end. And we would readily confess our sins. We would confess before Him and repent. But I think we kind of hold back maybe thinking that God doesn't see what we've done or seen what we thought. Or maybe an angry heart you have. Maybe, maybe it's a frustrated heart. Maybe you're not trusting in the Lord and you feel like, hey, I can kind of work myself out of it. Let me just make it easy for you. Confess it to the Lord and repent of it. Just go before Him. And you know why I'm saying this? It's because if you don't do that, you'll never have peace. You'll wonder whether or not something is on your heart. There's something not right in your heart. There's something just not right. And it's weighting, your, weighting you down. It's because there's maybe sin on your heart, my heart, that I haven't confessed. You want peace? Confess your sin. Even if you're a Christian, remember these scriptures, 1 John, they're, they're there for Christians. He's speaking to you and to me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He's saying that obviously for those searching for Christ. But when He speaks to us through the, His Word here, it's for you and for me. The Bible is for us. And He's speaking today about confession of sin. You want peace? You've got to confess the sin to Him. It's the only way. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8-10, through 10, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth's not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, and He will forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. And if we claim that we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar, and His word has no place in our lives. Pretty pretty direct, isn't it? It's not like that needs to be interpreted. You and I, we sin. We sin after we come to Christ. And Jesus said, come to me and give it to me. Confess it to me. He said, I'll cleanse you. And he says, I'm not going to condemn you. You're my child. But to have that free, that open relationship with God Almighty, it takes that you and I need to confess our sins. And I'm talking about sins of omission that you've omitted. Maybe God it's spoken to you and you have not done what he told you to do. Or maybe in one way or another, he's nudged you and he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't do it. I don't trust you to do it. I'm too old to do it, whatever it may be. But also the sins of commission. The ones we've actually committed. Known sins, unknown sins, whatever it may be. Go before Him. If you don't have peace, that may be what, it, what the issue is, certainly. We don't have to confess it. You know, we obviously, let me ask you a question. How do you typically respond, you know, with someone who confronts you and criticizes you? How is it? Does defense, a defense mechanism rise up in you? Immediately, you want to try to say, oh, let me blame somebody else. Or maybe somehow, you know, um, let me justify this, okay? You know, because I know I'm right in this situation. I know I'm right and all that. Now, how do I know all about it? Because I'm telling you, I walk in that. I'm not walking on the cloud, folks. I know. So if, you, if something rises up in you, if somebody criticizes you, and, and you kind of get defensive about it, then go back and ask God to give you humility and give you the grace to repent, ask him, he will, you run to him, but what we do, we hide it in our hearts, and we just say, hey, I'm just better than everybody else, I just know better, nobody else knows like I know, okay, isn't that the way we operate a lot of times, it's the way we do that, and why is that, why can we freely do that, it's because God's not going to abandon you, you're his child, I'm his child, and I can run to Him like that all the time, all day long, because why? His grace is unlimited. Keep running to Him and seeking Him. Something happens when you do that. You're forgiven past, present, and future. But a lot of times we hold on to it because we become so self-righteous. You know, I'm better than they are. You know, you look at what they did, and we look down on their noses, down our noses at them. We look at them. And and we know, obviously, when we do that, what do we do? We set ourselves up for pride in our own hearts, which is the worst sin in regards to our relationship with God. It's pride coming in there. That's why when we're family, we're family. And when you're family, you know, when somebody says something wrong that maybe hurts your feelings, somebody says something to you, and man, it just pricks you at your heart and so forth. What do you do, man? I'm going to get defensive about it. What do you do? Instead of running to Jesus and seeking Him on it, you begin to obviously have bad thoughts about that person that spoke that word. But what you can do is run to the Lord. Why? It's because that person is forgiven just like you are. And that you are no better than that person that spoke that. Think about that for a moment. You are no better. But what we do is, man, I'm a little bit higher than they are. Look what they said to me. And then you go out of here and you leave even the church house today and you say something that may even be worse and so forth, but you don't remember what you say, but you remember what that person said. Confess your sins and repent of it. He freely, freely forgives us. That's good news, church. That's good news, to freely be forgiven by the Lord. That's why we can so freely confess, obviously. But we obviously fail to acknowledge sin and our spirituality, and it's harmful to us. And listen to what David says in Psalm 32. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as if in the heat of supper. And then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave what? The guilt. He says, the guilt of my sin. Isn't that good? So if you're walking in shame today, or whatever it may be, it may be the enemy has put it on you. It may be not something that not, not truly guilt from the Lord, whatever it may be. But go to the Lord. He'll show you why. It's because He wants you to have peace. It is God's will that we have peace. If you're not at peace, then go back and let the Spirit of God examine your heart. Obviously, we need peace. Blessed is He whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered, and blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit here. People refuse to repent. They'll pay the penalty. They will eventually stand before God Almighty. The time to repent is now. In fact, during a a move of God's spirit and awakening and revival a major wave of repentance comes upon God's people because I know, obviously, judgment starts in the house of the Lord. God looks at the church house and He looks at my heart and your heart. And maybe even today, I want to just mention, those of you who are watching this, that maybe God is tugging at your heart in something that you know you have not asked forgiveness for. You've not asked forgiveness. or Maybe you've not forgiven someone else for something they've done to you. Maybe it was something that truly wounded you and hurt you and damaged you. And sometimes I say it damages our ego, doesn't it? I would encourage you today to go to Jesus and forgive them and forgive them of what they've done and ask forgiveness of our sins. We've all come together the same way. The same mercy and grace is extended for all around us just like it's extended to us. But we think somehow we got a corner on the grace and mercy of God, don't we? It was just for me. Man, I got my foot, my ticket to heaven, you know? But these other people, these other rascals, these other sinners I hear is what I'm talking about. These others I hear that are doing these things and so forth. You see, the same grace and mercy is extended to them just like it was to you and to me. Confess your sins and repent. And God will freely forgive you. The third principle here is, is to treasure the right things. You know, we set our hearts on the wrong thing. The Bible says he, here in Isaiah, as I mentioned, He'll keep him in perfect peace, whose mind, what? Is stayed upon thee. I take that to mean, and maybe even the Hebrews explains it like this, is fixed on the Lord. In other words, God's got to be first place in your life. If everything else is crowning God out in your life, then I want to tell you, you're not going to be at peace. Because those things will clamor for your attention instead of putting God first in your life and putting Him there, right there in front. And you have all this other clutter of stuff here. Treasure the right things. In Matthew 6, listen to what it says. This is God's Word, folks. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what will God reward? Truth, justice, love, peace, joy, kindness, long-suffering, self-control, all those things of eternal value. That's what God desires and, and He values here. So if you want to have peace, then do that. The fourth thing here is real simply, pray. The fourth principle, pray. You go, I know that, I know that. But how often do we fail how, to pray? How often do we fail when we face a particular issue in our lives or challenge or whatever it may be, that we don't look to God first, that we don't run to Him and pray through? I'm talking about, and I mentioned last week, about praying through, old saints pray about it. They pray through it. They keep praying. And you know, we flip a prayer up. Nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong because the Bible talks about mentioning people in their prayers. But I'm talking about when you have a certain burden on your heart and you have a particular thing and you just don't have peace, then pray until you have that peace. Keep praying. Come before the Lord here. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He says here, he said, don't be anxious. Does he say, be anxious about certain things? Does he say, be anxious about the coronavirus? Is that what it says here? The NIV doesn't say that anyway. Does it say to be anxious about certain things? He says, don't be anxious about anything. But with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. We can't understand that because a supernatural peace, it's a peace that's way beyond understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that word guard mean in the Greek? It means it, it covers, it shields, it's, a shield, it's a garrison. It just covers you, your heart and your mind. It's like protection against these things, against the fiery darts of the devil who come he comes at you with all these lies he says you know what he's telling us today some of us and even my age i'm and i'm in the uh the older generation obviously he tells us that we'll never make it because what they've said well you know the older people they're more susceptible to this virus than anybody else around you know you know you got to really you know and all this stuff and you start pondering those things and you begin believing my gosh things are going to come down on me i'll never make it through here look at my age and if i make it another year i'll just be fortunate that's a lie from hell. God Almighty has an appointed time for you and for me, and we're not going anywhere until that appointed time. But if we don't trust in Him, we don't put our faith in Him, and we don't pray, and we don't keep our eyes off those circumstances. We'll get all distracted, and we'll be all wishy washy, and we'll get in all types of trouble. Pray, obviously, because we haven't prayed. We many times get into a whole lot of trouble. Peace will come. Peace will come. You'll keep him in perfect peace. whose mind is steadfast. Because he trusts in the Lord, in you. Trust in the Lord forever. And listen to what he says here. And I like what he says in the Hebrew. He says, for the Lord. Okay? Now that's been enough for me. But then he goes, for the Lord. The Lord. He says it again. The Lord is the rock eternal. In Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the Lord says this. We're not trusting in Him. And we're looking to all this other, nothing wrong. Take care of your health. Take your vitamins. Keep your immune system up. Do all this stuff that you know. Wash your hands. Do those things. But I want to tell you today, our ultimate protection comes from the Lord. He is our protector. He is our provider. He is our peace. And as I close, I just want to mention to you, this I I thought about and I said, if you want peace, cut the TV off. You want peace, cut it off. Don't listen to it. Why? It's because what you're doing then is filling your heart and your mind with those things that man is doing. I want to tell you where to focus your mind and your heart. And that is upon the things that God's doing. Amen? Don't look at it. Turn it off. I can get maybe just a headline and say, okay, here we go. What's he saying about opening up? What's Abbott saying about opening up? What's he saying and so forth about this? And I can get that. Okay, we're doing that. Here we go. We're going on. What is the old expression? Is to to glance at your circumstances and what? And gaze upon Jesus. Glance at your circumstances and gaze upon Jesus. Turn the TV off. Don't look at that mess. Because what you've got is a total, total just spewing of doom and gloom. Of doom and gloom. And I thank God for each one of them. These scientists, that have dedicated their lives to these things, okay? Don't get me wrong, what I'm saying. God's saying, fill your hearts and your minds with my word. And you'll sense the presence of the Lord. Because when you feel and you sense his presence and you're aware that he is with you, let me tell you, you can do anything. Because you know all things are possible with God. Then also, first of all, peace is experienced. Experiential. I can talk about it all day long, but I pray that God would give you an experience of His peace. Peace is experiential. Western church has kind of cut out experience. You can't have experience. Let me tell you, we need experiences. It's experience when I came to the Lord. Experience when God baptized me in the Holy Spirit. Experience when God has filled me throughout my life in different ways, in one way or another. He's touched me. And I have experienced his touch in my life. And just as I mentioned, ask him for a phileo encounter with his touch, experiential touch. We know agape knowledge, but phileo is a tender touch of our father. You know you'll be able to go through this. And don't look at your age and whether or not, hey, all they're saying is, man, you're done. And then they keep talking about their comorbidity. Comorbidity. I've got more comorbidities than the world would even allow. And as you get up in age, if you don't, then thank God for that. But at the same time, am I worried about that? No, I'm not being arrogant. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying all these things today, important to know. Our hope and our trust is in God Almighty. Amen? Don't do anything brash or anything. But I want to tell you, don't walk in fear because that's not God. He's saying his will for us, you and me, for his children are peace. And those of you who are watching out there today, if you don't have peace, I would just encourage you. If you've ever put your trust in Jesus, to run back to him and ask him. Say, Lord, I want to experience your peace. I want to know you in my heart of hearts as my Lord and Savior. And I want to experience that peace that Jim is talking about in Philippians talks about. That he'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He, he, he protects us just like the helmet of salvation protects us from those fiery darts the enemy comes against us. The lies that he keeps throwing out there saying, you know, we're not going to make it. We don't know if we'll ever be able to leave the house again. We don't know what we're going to have to do. That's not from God Almighty. God always gives us hope. Hope means in the, the future of what's going on today. We're to walk in that freedom. We're not to walk in captivity. He came to set the captives free. I believe it grieves his heart when we're not walking in the things that he would desire for us, each one of us, in the freedom that he would have us to be. I believe it grieves his heart because that's why he came. Jesus came. And it's like Jesus is there saying, why don't they believe me? Why don't they just trust me and trust my word you see, God's Word is not hard to understand. And I mentioned I've been going through the Old Testament, New Testament, through the Psalms again, and God is speaking. God is doing something. He's renewing us. He's reviving us. And I believe there's awakening on the way. Amen? There's an awakening across this land of people to be awakened to the holiness of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, the Lord. I pray for each one of you today who are watching. I pray that God would, would truly... Just touch you in a powerful way I pray even now Holy Spirit of God that you would come and and come upon every person here watching this and speak to their hearts give us hope and take away any fear I, I reject and take and come against fear in the name of Jesus and I speak peace into the hearts and lives of those who are watching I thank you for watching today thank you I pray that uh, if you have any uh, particular comments on these particular avenues of YouTube or Facebook or the website, if you would, send them to us. And again, we're going to try to get back with you. I just believe that God is opening up new avenues of evangelism as a result of these live streaming that churches all over the nation, all over the world are doing. I believe people are hearing the gospel today that have never heard the gospel before. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ coming and dying and rising again from the grave to set us free from our sins you're that way today, send me a note, send me a comment. I'll pray for you. Uh, we can keep it confidential, but I'll pray for you. We'll pray that God would touch you and set you free. May God have, you, have his way in your life. Let's pray together in closing. Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for the privilege of being able to share from your word. And We just love you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, today. And whatever you, Holy Spirit, have said in the hearts of lives of these here and those who are watching and who will watch, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to have your way and speak, and help us to be obedient. We thank you, Father, for your presence always. Thank you for Jesus, Lord. We love him. We praise him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. Thank you for Jesus, Father. Thank you for peace. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you next week. Amen.